Welcome to The Catalyst, where we explore creative ideas to spark innovation in an unhealthy healthcare system. I'm your host, Dr. Lara Salyer, a physician and mom of three who is reimagining the way I practice medicine after suffering and overcoming burnout. Join me as I teach you how to optimize flow and catalyze your own revolution in healing. Tune in for candid conversations with leading experts in conventional and holistic healthcare who dare to believe a better future is possible for all of us. Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. In this episode of the Catalyst Podcast, you're going to learn how codependent thinking might be hurting your practice. Today, I interview Victoria Albina. She is a master certified somatic life coach, UCSF trained family nurse practitioner, and breathwork meditation guide with a passion for helping humans socialized as women realize that they are their own best healers by reconnecting with their bodies and minds so they can break free from codependency, perfectionism, and people pleasing and reclaim their joy. She is the host of the Feminist Wellness Podcast, holds a master's degree in public health from Boston University School of Public Health, and a BA in Latin American Studies from Oberlin College. Victoria has been working in health and wellness for over 20 years and lives on occupied Muncie Lenape territory in New York's Hudson Valley. Enjoy this delightful and action-packed episode with Victoria Albina. Oh my goodness, I am so excited for this episode. We are interviewing Victoria Albina, and I have been a fan of yours for I don't even know how long, girl, and I am just going to jump right in like I do with all these conversations. This is really a selfish excuse just to talk to cool people that are, you know, treading and making waves in healthcare and healing, and what I love most about you is that you have helped me redefine the healing space. You know, mm. in, in conventional medicine, we get stuck in the body as pathology. And what mm -hmm. I love is that you really embody healing in so many neat ways. So welcome, Victoria. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's truly a delight. And the admiration society is quite mutual. I love everything you're doing about creativity and art and just letting your freak flag fly as a yes. clinician, right? That's yes. a big deal. It yeah. is. It is a big deal. And this is why we need to be let out of our cages and, and right. really help the world see that there are many paths to healing, which is what I love about you is you are so, um, you encompass so many aware, like uh, your awareness is so large. In other words, I really am impressed with how, how supportive you are of all, you know, all kinds of people and helping them understand that codependency and perfectionistic thinking happens in about all of us. So mm -hmm. I would love to learn more about what got you into this path because you have a lot of different credentials to your name <laughs> and that's what's so cool about you. I'd love to learn, you know, what got you into where you're at right now. Yeah. So <sighs> it's always like, how far back do I go? Right. I mean, frankly, 1979, right? <laughs> when I was born into a codependent mindset. Uh, <clears throat> right. Yes. Right. Oh, family blueprint. Um, yeah. So, well, my, my training is as a family nurse practitioner. I went to UCSF. I have a master's degree in public health from Boston University. Um, I'm a nerd's nerd. I love science. I love functional medicine, which is, um, I had a private practice doing functional medicine in Manhattan before the Ronus. Um, <laughs> and 
What what really led me to where I am now, I work primarily as um, a master certified life coach and with a focus on somatics. And like you said, codependency, perfectionism, people pleasing. And that really came about because my brain sees patterns, right? That's why I loved epidemiology because my brain loves to see like, how are these things similar? Like that Sesame Street song. Um, and <laughs> So I started really, my function, my focus was functional gastroenterology. And so I look at folks with chronic IBS, chronic SIBO, chronic GERD, et cetera, et cetera, but mostly the, you know, the big three. And what I was really seeing as the root cause underneath the blastocystis hominis, under the pylori, yes. under the gut microbe, right? Under what I saw on the GI map was mindset, was a lack of embodiment, right? Was living from the neck up in these these ways really feeling stuck in these ways of relating to self and others that were keeping folks keeping their nervous system jacked a number one to use technical language right keeping them yep. in sympathetic dominance or in dorsal collapse rather than being in ventral vagal which is the safe and social part of our nervous system they were always asking what's wrong with me what am i messing up where am i you know behind the eight ball who am i disappointing what will they think of me also having thoughts like, I hate my body. I hate my symptoms. Why is my body doing this to me? Right. I'm giving it all the right supplements. Why is it right? Why do I have a bellyache? Yes. Right. And this kind of mindset keeps us mired in, in the symptomology. And it makes, does. Right. And it makes it really hard. Right. So let's talk about SIBO. Right, we know that it's the, the uh, migrating motor complex in the small intestine has slowed down or cranked down to a near stop. Often the trigger is food poisoning. And the thing that keeps it going is imbalances in the limbic system. Oh right? my goodness. Oh my goodness, Come right on. there. Yes. I Come mean, on. I love, I love that you bring it full circle, mentioning yeah. Stephen Porges's work with polyvagal Ugh. theory. I love can't get nerd. enough of that, right? Right. Um, just even the cell danger response and the mitochondria. Yes. I mean, it yes. goes deep, deep levels, which I think we could geek out for hours on hours. that alone. But that limbic system, yes. see, this is this is the double-edged sword is the mm -hmm. longer I'm in functional medicine, the more I see, wow, I, I could do everything and the patient could do everything right. But yes. then you end up being just yet another supplement pusher, you know, and that's not- Green pharmacology. The, yeah, yeah. Not, not the solution. Nope. And the more you zero in on limbic system dysregulation yep. and trying to kind of crack that nut open a little bit to help help the patient or client see that- yeah, there's a lot of primitive stuff at play trying to keep you safe and it's right. not your fault. But the hardest part is getting people to open up to that. We live in a society where they just want that external fix. Like, oh, just tell me what to do, doc, you know? Right. So how have you been able to help your clients and your patients see the wisdom of the body? Mm. Through experience. Yes. Right. So once you, so I, I did a, a free webinar last night that was supposedly about codependency but really was a somatic exploration of what happens in our physiology when we grow up walking on eggshells, when we grow up, right, feeling yes. like a boxer prepared for the next emotional or physical blow. Yes. What happens within us? What does that feel like? What does that look like? What is that experience? And so when your mindset says, stay tight in a ball, mm -hmm. stay defended, stay prepared, and your physiology says, Absolutely. Who's migrating motor complex is gonna do no kind of nothing, right? Right. 
Right. right. And, and so the analogy I often use, and I'll pose the question to you, good doctor, if you were being chased by a lion, would you want your digestion to digest a cheeseburger? Oh, no, of course not. Right. So when your life is constant lions on the savannah mm-hmm. of this time, how, how can the gut function? How can the oh. thyroid function? How can we have a healthy menstrual cycle? Yes. Preach, right? sister. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. It is not possible when you are braced in your physiology, when you live in tension. And then, of course, we can talk about the mitochondria. Oh, sure. The greatest of organelle ever. 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 ever right? Powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> I'm not going to knock the Golgi apparatus because that's pretty cool. But Ethan, it's a toss up, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm just yeah, yeah. cool for the Krebs cycle. What right. can I say? But you're absolutely right. This limbic system hijacking yeah. is key. And I find it even hard to embrace as a society, especially if you were raised as a woman, you know, in society with expectations. And many of us in my small town of Wisconsin in a farming community, oh, it's the Midwest polite. Everything is fine. Right. Um, I'm fine. My parents were great. They did everything fine, you know, and you grow up in systems and you don't realize that, sure, they could have been fine and Mm -hmm. meant well, but there are patterns, like you have just said, patterns in your body that are locked and Mm -hmm. your brain just wants two things, either find pleasure or avoid pain. And a lot of times the avoiding pain is the stronger one. And you just are trying to just live and survive in these little stuck patterns. So I love that you bring it back to somaticization. Like where does that, where does that live? That, that emotion, where does that live in the body? How did you start off? um, How do you start off your webinars? Do you have people, you know, understand that connection or any magic words? (laughs) magic words. It's experiential, right? So I walk folks through a somatic practice. So we could do a really simple one that translates over audio only. Uh, Would that work for you? Oh, I would love that. That's awesome. Okay, great. I'm very consent-based around here. Yes. As um, we all should be. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So I'll invite folks to, let's start with dorsal. So dorsal is the freeze response. It's when we're disconnected. It's when we're checked out. You know, when you're talking to a patient or a friend or you yourself are like in a conversation with a partner, let's say, and things get a little intense and all of a sudden I, wait, what? What was I talking? What? Where am I? Who am I? Oh, sorry. My nervous system just went into dorsal, right? The nervous system heads towards that dorsal state which is the feigned death response. In its extreme, it's being catatonic, right? Most of us are not going to there. Um, But it is that deer frozen in the headlights, that possum playing possum saying, I don't want to be a snack. And it also, that state also stops the migrating motor complex, et cetera. So Mm -hmm. one of the things we can do is to take one or both of our paws, if we have the capacity to move our paws. And if you can't move your hands, then we honor that. And I'll invite you to visualize hands in your mind's eye. So taking your paws in front of you, you're going to tap your thumb to each of your fingers. And we use this, uh, we tap with a quickness when we're in dorsal, because we want to bring in a little activation energy into the system. Because when we head towards that feigned death response, everything in the body is slowing down, right? Cardiac rhythm, respiration, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, our digestive function, et cetera, Mm -hmm. because we're attempting to play dead because we're not fools, Mm -hmm. right? So what the body needs is, is a felt safety in bringing in a little adrenaline 
bringing in a little activation that can help us to get up, shake it off, not in the dismissing way, but in the literal gazelle on the Serengeti, shaking our bodies, that kind of sense of shake it off and get back to the business of life. Caveat. Generally, I don't teach people to proverbially or literally shake it off. I teach Mm -hmm. that presence is our goal and staying with the emotion is our goal. Yes. But sometimes we got to get up and keep going because there's kids, there's parents, there's right. Their Mm -hmm. life needs, we're driving a car, right? Right. There's a patient in front of us. We're mid-surgery, right? (laughs) Right. You got to do the thing. And so that's when we can use tools like this. So again, you're going to take that beautiful thumb and you're going to tap it to your first finger and you're going to say one, New York finger, two, ring finger, three, pinky, four. And then you're going to come back four, three, two, one, one, two, three, four. And you just keep going. And my whole body wants to bounce. And I like, I'm feeling a little activation. Are you feeling that? Absolutely. Like a little movement. Right. And so that's what we do. You know, it's part of, you know, I'll often invite folks to do it first thing in the morning when they're living from the neck up as a way to just gently get into the body and and, re, and reconnect, reestablish that connection we all had as babies. That yeah. is so beautiful because it's sweet. It's so sweet. And, yeah. and, you know, for those of us that, you know, live in the ultra left logic science, like, mm-hmm. ooh, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable at first to get yeah. a room full of practitioners. Um, I have those challenges with creativity saying, okay, yeah. let's, let's draw, let's get some of this going. And, right. you know, we forget how fun it is to be a kid yeah. in our body again. Yeah. And this is why you're starting to see, I think more of us talking about like the hate technique, you know, some of the, the great ways we can help calm our nervous system, but also jumping, you know, and dancing and shaking and being embodied. And there was a uh, practitioner I heard, and I love their phrase. They call it emotional potty training. Like we're going to have emotions. So let's, Uh, uh, let's uh, not dismiss uh, it, but let's have uh, it move through and like figure that out. So it's just amazing. In your podcast, Feminist Wellness, you do such a great job with the scripts and just some of the key things that, you know, are necessary to unravel some of these habit patterns. Mm. And I love that you bring it also full circle in to the primacy of the body. I love that you yes. said a return to the primacy of the body. Tell me what that means to you. Well, we're all born knowing exactly what we want, exactly what we need. And we're not scared to demand it. Like, have you ever met a shy newborn? <laughs> Right? Like that kid doesn't exist. Right? Right. right. If you are, if there is pee on you, scream about it. If yes. you are hungry, scream about it. Just in general, scream about it. Right? right? Right. They make clear what they want and need because they haven't been socialized and conditioned out of it yet. Yes. Right? Yes. And so we can think back to being little kids who knew exactly what was right for us before the it was imposed upon us that someone else knows better. Right. right. Oh, right there. That's brilliant. And and that's so parallel to as we're trained in the healthcare mm-hmm. arena, we are taught to ignore our bladder, taught to oh suppress our emotions, taught mm-hmm. to wait mm-hmm. and basically become doormats. It's almost yep. like a it's really encouraging us to be codependent in how we mm. communicate or don't communicate and take on more and more into yeah. our laps when we can't say no. Right. And I think that's the hardest part. Right. And I, I agree that, you know, medicine needs a lot more of this training. How would Agreed. you, if you had a room full of doctors, nurses, surgeons, MAs, yeah. what, what would be one thing you'd want them to remember about codependency? 
Mm, yeah, that. Well, I, I would actually start by introducing my own definition of codependent thinking. Let's which is, hear it. Okay, great. <clears throat> so I don't talk about codependency, codependent people. I find that yes. language really pathologizing. Yeah. Yes. It's really based in a disease model, which is to me some complete BS. Right. Um, it's really based in a, a permanent labeling Right, yes, which is almost like addict. I hate any of those exactly. labels. It's oh my horrible. God. <clears throat> and, and, yeah. and even just getting past that in medical school, we're taught, you know, uh, what's it called? Codependent uh, relationship. And it's like, well, these are patterns of behavior. It's Agreed. not really a person, you know, and, and you, can, you can have different patterns with different people. Totally. And yet we're trying to label a person in this way. Anyway, I digress. You go. No, you going. don't digress <laughs> at all. I think this is, this is the crux of it, right? Because people... Yeah, um, go to places where they think they'll find help and find out that you have to declare yourself this label or you'll never get out from under it. And I think it's really problematic. And I think a lot of people turn away from potential support because of that disease model and that disease framework. So I think it's it's really cornerstone and key. And maybe just even that would be the first thing I would share with a room of clinicians. Yes. And because try to shut me up, um, <laughs> I will also share my definition. So I define codependent thinking uh, as a, a mindset and a somatic way of relating to the world in which we chronically, unintentionally, and habitually source our sense of wellness, worth, and value from everyone and everything in the world other than ourselves. Ooh. Right? So it's not about enabling an alcoholic, right? right? It's not about that bullshit. Oh, I right? love it's, that. Yeah, it's saying my worth, the locus of my worth yes, is not internal. Yeah, it's all right? out there. It's in the diplomas on the wall. Mm -hmm. It's in the certifications. Let me just get, I'm just going to take one more course. Right. Yes. Oh my gosh. In the Yelp reviews, it's in <laughs> if the patient keeps coming back, if they refer their people, if they right, yes. it's it's in all oh, of that, and it that's is. yeah, and that's all that mindset, all that grasping in the Buddhist sense, mm -hmm. is what keeps our nervous system jacked. Yes. Right. Keeps oh. us out of ventral vagal because we're constantly validate me, validate me, validate me. All people please you. All people please you. Right. I, I had a, um, a client not that long ago um, who showed up for coaching and she was talking about how she'd had this terrible bellyache for days and really casually was like, well, you know, I went to my mother-in-law's and I was like, oh, hold the phone, tiger. What are you talking about? She's like, you know, she made a lasagna and I can't say no to her. And I was like, you have celiac. <laughs> oh my goodness. Right. 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 Oh, and, yes. And that's so common. I mean, celiac's the extreme example, right. but like, well, that's going to make me tired and sad and cranky for days. Right. Right. And I, I, oh my gosh, I love that, that this is such a perfect example of, oh, I, I don't want to disappoint somebody. Right. And, and that's one thing, if I could be known as anything for a mom to my kids is I tell them all the time, you're going to disappoint people. And I want you to like, disappoint right. Me. Yeah. You know, do you it. Have consent. You have consent. Tell me, you know, if, if I said something or did something or right. whatever, I mean, and if, if I disappoint you, if you disappoint me, you're going to live through it. That's okay. You know, you're human. Um, and I feel I like the, the lawyers oh, want us to say you're likely to live through it. Yeah. Just if you're going to chart that. 
<laughs> right, right. Thank oh you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Alert and oriented, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. No, but I love that. I love that you bring it into this whole idea of, sh- you know, just shaking the definition of codependency right. and codependent thought patterns and right. just unraveling that in your own life and learning yeah. that it doesn't make you a bad person. You're just, no. your your somatic nervous system, everything's trying to get help and support. And, right. and, you know, that's important even as a clinician to hear that we kind of get into some patterns that might mm-hmm. not be healthy for us. Mm-hmm. And I would love for you to talk about boundaries, especially, you know, it's like the missing piece when all of us are maybe living too much on the neck up, like talk yeah. about boundaries a little bit. Yeah. So boundaries are the thing. Boundaries are resentment prevention. Love it. So, right. When I have a clear boundary, right. A boundary is the space Boundaries show us where we begin and someone else ends, where someone else ends and we begin, right? So it's the space in which I have control over my human animal and nothing else on this planet. And I get to voice what works for me and and to control me and only me. So I teach that we voice boundaries as if you do X, I will do Y. And so what that means, right, if you, so here are some rules I have for fights, um, for conflict in relationships. I will not tolerate a raised voice. I will not be sworn at, right? I'm a New Yorker. I swear every two seconds, (laughs) but there's such a difference between being like, right? And like- Using a descriptor. Yeah. Right. right. Mm -hmm. Thank you. It's like the best descriptors. (laughs) Best descriptors are four words, four letters. Um, So I write, yeah. And thou shalt not bring our parents into this. That's a big one, right? The like, you're being like your mother. Oh, out of here with that. Not allowed. Not available. Mm -hmm. My therapist can say that. What's up, Hallie? But like, no, that will not be used as ammunition, not available, right? Yes. So if you do any of those things in a conflict with me, I will give you one warning because we all forget. Yes. You get it. Come on. We're human. Be loving. And that's important too. Boundaries are are soft, right? Mm-hmm. Boundaries are malleable. They're not brick walls, right? right? Yes. Right. It's yes. loving, caring. It's about community. It's about connection. It's about co-regulating our nervous systems. Right. It's not about saying I am going to be rigid and unyielding because that <laughs> yes. doesn't serve anyone. Right. 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 And the other thing about boundaries is I like to help practitioners understand it's simply your preferences stated. Totally. It's really your preferences. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's how I would love to be engaging in this energy, in this yep. dynamic. Yes. These are my preferences. I like to use the word fat boundaries, F-A-T, in a good way. We want to frame it, you know, frame what is you're expecting of this conversation or of this working relationship and, you know, anticipate that we're human and they Mm. might forget your boundary and they're going to step over it, but it's up to you to, you know, reinstate and then thank them for supporting your boundary. Thank you so much for, for, you know, supporting this dynamic and whatever. And I see practitioners all the time, um, forgetting that it's also on them to honor their boundaries and they forget Mm -hmm. that that's a two-way street. Like Mm -hmm. you might be able Mm -hmm. to state it and people forget and kind of march right in. And then there you go rewarding with the text at 10 at night when a patient's texting you and you're like, well, I've got to answer them. No, you don't. No, you don't. Also, why do they have your cell phone number? But that's a whole other conversation, but also why? Also that doesn't hold up in court. I mean, there's so many reasons why like 
what are we talking about? Yes, especially when we talk about boundaries, a lot of us are navigating from a system in healthcare, maybe we right. were in employed, you know, position, whether a nurse, doctor. And so we kind of had minimal say in what sure. we could take on. And then we decide I'm going to just go somewhere else because <laughs> respect is not being served at this table. Right. I'm going to make my own table. And then sure. we forget, Hey, we mm. also have to have the own rules of our house. And, and a lot of practitioners forget that you can say, whatever you would like explicitly. And that can be your rules that I will not answer after five or I, you know, but sometimes we forget and we want to people please. Right. Exactly. I was about to say, but then our childhood, our inner children kick in, our limbic system kicks in, right? All those old survival skills. And I think of codependent thinking as a survival skill from childhood, that part and parcel of that is people pleasing and perfectionism. And yeah, it kicks in. Because we don't, yeah, we don't want to be isolated. Yeah. We don't want to be isolated from the tribe, the community, the people that we are with. That's very primitive. And it's hard as an independent, you know, business medical entrepreneur to say, well, I am not going to answer them because I did say that. And they're worried about disappointment. And so do you have any, is it more exposure therapy that you recommend when people (laughs) are working on boundaries? Like, you know, do you have any little magic words for people that might be struggling with boundary setting? Yeah. Well, one thought that just came up and then I'll, I'll come back to the sort of training wheels is really starting to look at our thoughts. So I, my, my coaching work is a combination of this somatic limbic system retraining, rewiring work, and thought work, which is based in cognitive behavioral theory. So we're really asking, what is my habitual thought and what is it creating in my life? So I remember having the thought, if I didn't answer the email on a Saturday or, do you know, like respond to their full script update request on a Saturday at, at eight, they were going, then I was going to lose money that I wasn't going to be viable as a business, right? That they weren't going to think I was amazing. They weren't going to refer their friends, right? And so I got into that scarcity trap in which I felt like I had to bend over backwards to keep them happy because my my financial life was on the line. And as soon as I started to take a look at that thought and to really get in touch with how that was making me feel, I realized what complete and utter bullshit it is, (laughs) right? Because a burnt out clinician is making zero dollars, right? <laughs> right. A clinician who resents her patients will snap at them, will be short with them, will not be as loving, will not be as compassionate, as curious, as kind. You're not going to be a better clinician for putting yourself out day and night. Like that's just, that's lousy oh. science, right? That's <laughs> right. The, that's a false thought in your head that believes it's protecting you. Like, let's honor that. But Mm -hmm. it's just not. Having good, clean boundaries is good for you and it's good for your patients. And it builds respect and trust, right? Because they see you honor yourself. So my out of office on a Friday that goes on at 500 on a Friday says, we are out of the office for the weekend because we have healthy boundaries and want to model that for you. Get off the computer and go play. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be over explanatory. Oh yeah. It can just be what it is. And I love that you have that. I love Mm. that. And, And that's, you know, my little signature for patients in their portal is even though I may have answered this quickly, 
Um, I don't guarantee an answer for 72 hours. I triage oh, I messages according to sure. medical need. Sure. Um, and so, you know, I love to help you with your slow cook medicine. It's really, mm-hmm. it's not fast. I'm not doing, you know, fast food medicine. This is like right. slow cook, slow changes. Yeah. But I love that you're encouraging us because that's the pivot that I see as, mm. as a mentor. I see that the practitioners that make that change in their mind, it's, it's revolutionary. You see the growth. It's like you go from scarcity mindset to all of a sudden, wait, Oh, if I have the boundaries and I honor them, I feel better. I'm a better clinician. Suddenly they're like off and running and everything's doing great. I I wish I could almost just like help people get to that little intersection, you know, and make that change. But yeah, you're also a safer clinician. You're less likely to miss something. You're uh, yeah. Taking self, right. Yeah. Very good point. Um, you know, and a lot of this is, you know, not just relearning our expectations of ourselves, and also the unhustle culture that Mm -hmm. I support, you know, we are perfectionistic, which usually means we also are high achieving, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking that more credentials, more training is going to get us the better feelings inside and all these things. And so as we're learning to detach Mm -hmm. and become more, you know, Buddhist and grounded in Zen and honoring where our body wants to be right now, it can feel very isolating because, you know, it seems like not a lot of people have caught on, but they are because you talk about this in your podcast, Feminist Mm -hmm. Wellness, you talk all about, you know, our inner children and talk more about that kind of family systems. I love inner children, inner child work. I love, you know, and I love internal family systems, which is the work of um, Dr. Dick Schwartz, PhD. He's pretty dope. I like his work. Um, yeah, so it's really IFS, internal family systems, is is talking about the different kinds of protector parts we have within us, which is slightly different conceptually than inner children. There are times I use them interchangeably, to be real. Sure. We're just talking about the different parts of self that show up at different ages, different developmental stages, when there's different stress, distress, or trauma. And I really think about it as the limbic system in so many ways, being their home away from home, right? That's where they live. That's where their nest is. And inner children can be our most loving and valiant supporters. They can really have our backs. They can encourage us to make art and to play and to dance and to sing and to be tenderoni, right? And to be loving. And they can also say, vulnerability, are you friggin' crazy? We tried that when we were 12. It was a total nightmare. Dad turned away. Didn't you see how upset he got when we like told him that thing that we were feeling? Don't you dare. Yeah. Don't you dare. That's tantamount to death. Right? Yes. Yes. <sighs> so the more we can, and I find somatic practice is really the way to get in. It's not really a cognitive kind of jam, you know, but the more we can be in conversation with our bodies, the more we can bring our awareness to the places of tension, of holding, of, of postural compression, right? The places where inner children may be living, where yes. parts may be active. And in my work, in my container, in my coaching container, we actively talk to these parts. We move with these parts. We have conversations. And it's the most beautiful thing because every single week when we have our calls, We do this work and people say, I never realized that was in there. I didn't realize that was blocking me. I didn't realize that these energies within me, these stories from my childhood or ancestral stories, right? Oh gosh. We can talk about intergenetics, right? Yeah. 
Um, P.S. I love how in sync we are, and yeah. we seem to be having the literal exact same thought at the literal exact same moment. Right. So like our brainwaves. I, are totally, I love yeah. our telekinesis. <laughs> it's really great. I mean, we our cardiac systems are co-regulated, yes, right? Totally. Which, I'm sure the HRV is right on right? sync. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Take that. Oh heart my gosh. Mouth. We even um, wore the same tank top, but just opposite yin yang. Right. You know, it's, yeah. yeah. It's awesome. New York's wearing the black. Right. The Midwest, right. Is, Midwest is wearing the white. white. But yeah. we're just keeping it on track. <laughs> and we both have black and gold glasses on. Yes. I feel like we should we should put a screenshot somewhere. Oh my gosh, we absolutely should. I'm okay, gonna great. have to do that as we're okay, talking. Okay, great. <laughs> Cutie. Um, so yeah, so that our inner children are this beautiful gift, right? This voice from the past that we can befriend. And I think that's one of the, you know, what would I teach clinicians about our emotions and somatics? Yes. Befriending emotions. Yes. Right. When your patient yes. starts crying is not the moment to go there, there, that's fine. And hand them a tissue with that, like, please stop. I'm uncomfortable energy that makes them feel like they need to take care of you. That's the moment to support them to see if they can stay with it. Oh my goodness. This is so great. And I love that you know, more people like you and a lot of even just in TikTok and social media, I love that people are so aware. This is why I love that the millennials, the Gen Zers are, are open Gen to Z's talking days. about mental health yeah. and, and just the openness of learning about our parts and the creativity behind that of yes. writing a letter to your teenager, to your yep. inner teen that was like, I'm yeah. not talking to anybody. I'm just sure. putting my head in the sand and I'm just right. going to shut out the world, you oh, know? Yeah. Um, or, you know, wrapping your five-year-old in a blanket and, yeah, you know, that creates snuggle yes, and, yeah. and drawing and, and just emoting some of these, these things that have stayed stuck in your tissues. As an osteopath, right. I remember in medical school being trained on how to manipulate and watching really amazing, talented osteopathic physicians, you know, adjust people and watching them cry. Oh, and yeah these talented doctors would say, Oh, I think, yeah, your parents mm -hmm. got divorced when you were seven. And mm -hmm. you're like, how do you know this? You're a wizard. But, but these things, these issues are in the tissues. Yep. It is stored in our body yeah. and there's many different portals to access it, whether it's, yeah. you know, through therapy, talk therapy, body therapy, dancing. Um, and you're opening the door for everybody to learn about those inner children that may be still there. And, uh, waiting, waiting for us to connect. Oh yeah. They're driving the bus, they whether are. You're, right. Whether you see you're in conversation with them or not. So it's like, we might as well. Right. Yes. Right. Might as well. And especially if you're into brain spotting or oh, EMDR. Yeah. Oh yeah. That stuff is EMDR. amazing. Oh, EMDR it's a is horrifying amazing. experience, right? So oh, yeah. much feelings, it but, is. Then, but it's the best. It's like a big, like toilet flush of feelings, like right at once, you know, yeah, but it's that. so cathartic. It's so no, good. It's so Highly good. recommend it. So, so if good. I, if I were to see you as a, let's say kindergartner on a Saturday oh. morning, what would you be doing if you were five on a Saturday morning? Yeah. So um, I had a, a very important best friend. Um, this is the most, I'm, I'm from Argentina and this is the most immigrant name ever. So his name was... <laughs> Rabito. Aww. Yep. Yep. That's right. He was a Graham Brown's bunny and with white <laughs> spots. And he was my very best friend. And I got him when I was five. And I would like wake up in the morning, particularly on a Saturday, and run downstairs and run over to his crate. And I would crawl in with him and we would have a snuggle and we would talk and we would have snacks like strawberries. <laughs> oh, he was my best friend. Then I, when I was a little older, I saved up. I was like seven, right? anyway I would like do extra chores uh and I bought him a like a leash and I would like try to walk him 
That is awesome. Which is like ridiculous because a bunny doesn't give a crap. They're like walking. What do you know? I hop and I sit. These are the two modes. Hop and sit. I'm not going on a walk, but it it was cool. We had a good time. That is amazing. Okay. Now transport yourself to now. What would, what would a Saturday look like? Do you have any bunnies in your Saturdays now? Well, I actually do. So in, I was live, I lived in New York city for many, many years. And in the pandemic, like many of us who had the privilege to, I got the hell out of New York. Um, <laughs> I heart New York forever. But so I'm in on occupied Muncie Lenape territory in the Hudson Valley of New York, like two hours north of the city. And my yard is lousy with them, like lousy with bunnies. They're brown. They're very nice. Um, I've got chipmunks, squirrels. But what can you do? A bajillion birds. And there's a fawn and two do- a doe and two fawns who like live in my yard. That's beautiful. Oh, it's so dream. So I just go outside and stare at them and oh. like do my meditation and my journaling. Just Oh my like gosh, you and I have similar them. Saturdays. I'm Isn't in the middle amazing? of, I love it, 20 acres. And I see our Whoa. little like families of deer yeah. and our, you know, turkeys that come oh. out. Oh, I don't like, have a turkey yet. We have like 20 turkeys that seem what? to be in their own little family and they come oh. out and I love it. And I just sit out there. I do my morning pages and mm. so beautiful. I Except winter, it. it's a little cold as it is. Yeah. I'm sure where you're at as well. It's cold here, but you you win on that one. Really? Win or lose, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it gets as cold as uh, the middle. But right. actually, I don't know. I'm just I'm just talking. Well, I've been in the in the Finger Lakes region of New York. Oh yeah, and that's it cold is up there. Gorgeous. Oh, it's oh my gorgeous. Gosh. But it's cold up there. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, I love it. Like if you if you were to let's do this exercise, which I love. What do you want to be known for? If we are moving forward thirty years and we're talking about Victoria Alvina, what would you like people to be talking about? Oh my goodness. Um, helping people to reconnect with their bodies. It was the thing that utterly changed my life like completely changed my life in every way. Um, And beyond that presence, right? My main goal is to support people in coming back into presence because we're so fucking distracted. We're just like brains on a stick walking around. Yeah. Yeah. Staring at a tiny blue light box on our paws. Like, right. There's a reason social media has no end. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, so yeah. just the infinite right scroll. It. I love that's Ugh. a great, just, you know, reconnecting into mm. your body. And I've yeah. seen so many new and cool ways that you work with clients. So yeah. tell me a little bit about, you've got groups, you've got yeah. individual, tell yeah. me a little bit about what you yeah. offer. So my passion and the the primary way people work with me is through Anchored, Overcoming Codependency, which is my six-month program for humans socialized as women who want to connect uh, with a super loving, amazing community of nerds. Ah, one of our nerds this morning got her first uh, paper published. It's about cardiac cells and calcium at she was like losing her mind on the call this morning because it just it just got published. Um, there's always clinicians in every round doctors and nurses and social workers and the whole the whole crew comes because we really need this work. I mean, there's a reason we signed up to be the selfless givers of care to all, right? Right. Right. What what validation were we seeking from getting mm-hmm. that white coat, getting those mm-hmm. accolades, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, Anchored is the main way folks can work with me. Um, I'm no longer taking individual clients, which is pretty exciting. That's um, rad. Yeah, it's it's a pretty good time. Anchored is so dope that I really 
I feel like folks get so much out of the community and the collective. Um, and we do breath work, thought work, somatics in there, all sorts of polyvagal and nervous system work. It's it's a nerd stream come true, I gotta say. Oh my gosh. And I love that you use the word dope. I mean, I, it's gotta I mean, be dope. Listen, right? I'm from the 90s. I will forever live in the 90s. Though yes. I was in Washington Square Park the other day. Do you know the 90s are, com- oh, you have kids. The 90s are completely back. But like I know. in a horror, I saw a whale tail and I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Your pants up. Your pants should come to the bra line. We fought so hard for highways <laughs> jeans. Yes. Children. Oh. No. I know. No. They're just not doing it right. <laughs> well, I actually think the problem is they're doing it too right. Like it's yes. too authentic. And the 90s were horrifying time for fashion. Oh, they were. They oh, were. But, but so relaxing. Because I mean, you know, really you just needed a flannel, some Doc Martens, okay, and fine. a white t-shirt. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There is the grunge era. Yeah, that was my okay, fine. I, no, I was me too. That, yeah, Kim Grunge. Deal. Oh, oh yeah. God, yeah, yeah. I love Sonic Youth. My pal yes. the Tortoise. Yeah, all the of the very that. best. The Blake Baby. I mean, we can go on. Yes. But, oh my gosh. Right. We could. Oh my gosh. So I love Gen Anchored. X Forever. So, yeah, so Anchored. You, it's a six month program, right? Six month program. A community collective, not on Facebook. We're on Slack because nice. not trying to give. Zuckerberg any more of our personal data. We use the HIPAA protected <laughs> Slack. We meet every week or more than every week um, for coaching. We do breath work every single month. Um, it's it's a complete Beautiful. delight. Yeah, it's so fun. That's amazing. Yeah. And they can find this on your website, victoriaalbina.com, right? Yep. Slash anchored is where you can learn all about it. You can apply now and um, you can meet with a member of my team if you have any questions or thoughts or concerns. Um, yeah. Oh, it's that's a really, gorgeous. it's a good time. And then I do webinars and workshops pretty frequently. Um, I do public breath work that folks can join. I try to keep those really um, an, at an accessible rate. And there's always, always, always scholarships for QT BIPOC folks and other low income folks. Um, I do a polyvagal workshop, nervous system mapping, somatics 101. It's yes. it's really a good time. And I'm in the process of building an advanced certification for life coaches and other healers, counselors, folks in the healing arts, as it were, uh, about somatics. So nice. how to, yeah, how to bring somatic practices into your into your practice. Ooh, you are on fire, girl. Well, I, love I thank it. you, darling. Thank you. Love it so much. Thank you for just having a sliver of your time with me. I hope someday to travel across the lakes and see you in your beautiful ambiance with your bunnies and oh, all you. of your things. Come on over. You're amazing. I am forever a fan. And thank you so much for being on the Catalyst Pod. You are a catalyst. You really are. Oh, I mean, you. you are just sparking change in mm. big, impactful ways. And thank how would you. you, if you had a magic wand, what would you oh. love to have happen in the medical community in healing altogether in like oh. 20 years? Yeah. Like, like you said, a return to the primacy of the body, the body as, as intelligence, the body as wisdom. Thank you for listening and subscribing. As a survivor of burnout myself, it is my mission to help health practitioners design a work life that is unique, joyful, and anti-burnout by applying the neuroscience of creative flow. One way you can be creative, if you're a holistic or integrative practitioner, let me help you make yours unique with customizable functional medicine infographics. With two subscription platforms to choose from, you'll have immediate access to over 56 infographics covering topics from mitochondria to gut to hormones to toxins. 
premium subscribers get full editing capabilities. So you can add your own logo, you can change text, fonts, etc. And this is perfect for patient handouts, PowerPoints, social media, and business flyers. There are other added perks too, like discounts off of my DIY classes, a free copy of my memoir, complimentary mentoring session with me, and a monthly email from deep inside the Catalyst Studio with content that I only share with my mentees. For further information, you can look at ripebrainrescue.com or drlaurasalier.com and keep coloring outside the lines.